Chapter 35 God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, so that I may make there an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had and the rings that were in their ears. Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree that was near Shechem. And as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them, so that they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. And Jacob came to Luz, that is, Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And there he built an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. And Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried under an oak below Bethel. So he called its name Alan Bakuth. God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padan Aram and blessed him. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone. He poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. So Jacob called the name of the place where God had spoken with him, Bethel. Then they journeyed from Bethel. Then they journeyed from Bethel. When they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel went into labor and she had hard labor. And when her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for you have another son. And as her soul was departing, for she was dying, she called his name Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died, and she was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar over her tomb. It is the pillar of Rachel's tomb, which is there to this day. Israel journeyed on and pitched his tent beyond the tower of Eder. While Israel lived in that land, Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve, the sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servant, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Zilpah, Leah's servant, Gad, and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him and paid in Aram. And Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre, or Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. Now the days of Isaac were a hundred and eighty years, and Isaac breathed his last, and he died and was gathered to his people, old and full of days, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Chapter 36 These are the generations of Esau, that is, Edom. Esau took his wives from the Canaanites, Ada, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, Aholibama, the daughter of Anah, the daughter of Zibion the Hivite, and Basemith, Ishmael's daughter, the sister of Nebaioth. And Ada bore to Esau, Eliphaz, Basemith bore Reuel, and Aholibama bore Jeush, Jalem, and Korah. These are the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of Canaan. 
Then Esau took his wives, his sons, his daughters, and all the members of his household, his livestock, all his beasts, and all his property that he had acquired in the land of Canaan. He went to a land away from his brother Jacob, for their possessions were too great for them to dwell together. The land of their sojournings could not support them because of their livestock. So Esau settled in the hill country of Seir. Esau is Edom. These are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites, in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. Eliphaz, the son of Ada, the wife of Esau. Reuel, the son of Basemith, the wife of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz were Teman, Omar, Zepho, Gadom, and Canaz. Timnah was a concubine of Eliphaz, Esau's son. She bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These are the sons of Ada, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Reuel, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These are the sons of Basemith, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Aholibamah, the daughter of Ana, the daughter of Zibion, Esau's wife. She bore to Esau, Jeush, Jalem, and Korah. These are the chiefs of the sons of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn of Esau, the chiefs, Timon, Omar, Zepho, Kenaz, Korah, Gadam, and Amalek. These are the chiefs of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Ada. These are the sons of Reuel, Esau's son, the chiefs, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These are the chiefs of Reuel in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Basemith, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Aholibamah, Esau's wife. The chiefs, Jeush, Jalem, and Korah. These are the chiefs born of Aholibamah, the daughter of Anah, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Esau, that is, Edom, and these are their chiefs. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, the inhabitants of the land, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Ana, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. These are the chiefs of the Horites, the sons of Seir in the land of Edom. The sons of Lotan were Hori and Hemam, and Lotan's sister was Timnah. These are the sons of Shobal, Alvin, Menahath, Ebal, Shepho, and Onam. These are the sons of Zibion, Aya, and Ana. He is the Ana who found the hot springs in the wilderness as he pastured the donkeys of Zibion, his father. These are the children of Ana, Dishon and Aholibamah, the daughter of Ana. These are the sons of Dishon, Hemdan, Eshban, Ithran, and Chirin. These are the sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zeavan, and Achan. These, these are the sons of Dishan, Uz, and Aaron. These are the chiefs of the Horites, the chiefs Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Ana, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishan. These are the chiefs of the Horites, chief by chief in the land of Seir. These are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the Israelites. Bela, the son of Beor, reigned in Edom, the name of his city being Dinhaba. Bela died, and Jobab, the son of Zerah of Bozrah, reigned in his place. Jobab died, and Husham of the land of the Tamanites reigned in his place. Husham died, and Hadad, the son of Badad, who defeated Midian in the country of Moab, reigned in his place, the name of his city being Avith. Hadad died, and Samla of Masrachah reigned in his place. Samla died, and Shaul of Rehoboth on the Euphrates reigned in his place. Shaul died, and Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, reigned in his place. Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, died, and Hadar reigned in his place. 
the name of his city being Pau. His wife's name was Mahedabel, the daughter of Matred, daughter of Mezahab. These are the names of the chief of Esau, according to their clans and their dwelling places, by their names, the chiefs Timnah, Alva, and Jetheth, Aholibama, Elah, Pinon, Kenaz, Teman, Mibzar, Magdil, and Eram. These are the chiefs of Edom, that is, Esau, the father of Edom, according to their dwelling places in the land of their possession. Chapter 37 Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being seventeen years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us, or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. And he said to them, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields. And the man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. And the man said, They have gone away. For I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, what profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, 
Let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him up out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat with the robe in the blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, no, I shall go down to Sheol to my son, mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Hey friends, welcome to the Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we're reading the Bible every day in order to finish it in a year. My name is James Chase, and I'll be transparent with you guys. Uh, Reading those names was pretty difficult. I had to stop and go back and record again a few times, but you're not going to hear those mistakes because I edit them out. (laughs) Thanks for reading the Bible with me today. Today, we have gone through chapters 35 to 37 in the book of Genesis, and now I'm going to talk about some things that stuck out to me. Okay, so this family, though, I mean, how, how would you feel if you had a sibling that said, I had this dream, there were 11 sheaves, and those sheaves were bowing down to and your sheaf was bowing down to my sheaf? Honestly, how, how would you feel? And then add on top of that, your father is favoring this sibling over you and the rest of your brothers um you will probably feel a little bit jealous i I don't think i don't think that's unnatural to have those kinds of feelings to when you're in that situation what i think is super messed up is how these brothers reacted when jealousy came about so they conspired to kill him but then reuben thank god for reuben reuben says we shouldn't kill him let's throw him into this pit And his plan was to come back later and, you know, set things right, just bring them back to their father. And I always thought this part was interesting. It's the Bible says that the water, the pit had no water in it. And um, I just saw that as an act of grace because it could have been that the pit had water in it. And by throwing Joseph in there, he would have drowned. So even though Joseph was in a horrible place in the pit, you know, it, it could have been worse. There was, there could have been water in it. But then so one of the brothers has an idea to sell him. And they're like, yeah, this is good. Let's, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. That's a much better idea. Send him far, far away where he can't annoy us anymore. And so they sell him and they cover it up by ripping up Joseph's coat, dipping it in goat's blood and taking it back to their father to say, oh man, he's dead and we don't know what happened and here's proof that he's dead. This is a horrible event. We have no idea how this thing came about. This is so sad and terrible, father. 
please show us the love and affection that we once desired that you were showing to Joseph this entire time. And I wonder if Jacob blamed himself because he was the one that sent him out to go after his brothers and he believes that he is dead. So he, he, I think he believed that he sent him to his death, essentially. And it's really sad. Uh, he, he tears his garments and he puts sackcloth on his loins. And if you don't know, in the Bible, anytime you see anyone tearing their clothes, it's uh, usually an, an act of extreme aggression or extreme sadness. And in this, in this case, it's, uh, it's sadness. And he puts sackcloth on. That's also another thing that you'll see in the Bible. They put on sackcloth as a way of showing their grief and their sadness towards a situation. And again, I want to tell you guys and remind you that these are real people. This is a real family. This is history that we're reading about. And uh, these people, these real people were overcome with jealousy. And this is how they handled it. And it's terrible and, and tragic. And I'm really starting to wonder if this deception thing is a generational curse. If it's just running through the family we're we're going to the brothers are like, we're going to sell our sell our sell our brother and lie about it. And because of another lie, because of some more deception, another family is torn apart. And it's 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 terrible. It's tragic to read about. It makes me think of this verse in Matthew Jesus is speaking to the multitudes and he says, anyone who is angry with his brother without cause is in danger of the judgment. And Jesus here is talking about the inward thoughts of man because those thoughts and ideas and feelings can lead to actions which can destroy a family in this case. The chapter ends with Joseph being sold to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. I'm pretty sure with Joseph streaming, uh, being thrown into a pit and sold to some Midianites to be bought by one of Pharaoh's captains. Um, I'm pretty sure that wasn't in plan that Joseph had envisioned for his life. I'm sure that many of you feel the same way. You had a plan for your life, a vision, a dream, but things happened along the way that you were not expecting at all. And it seemed like those things had taken you off course because that honestly wasn't what you expected. But here's a challenge for you. Have you ever considered what God's plan for your life is and the things that he has envisioned for you? There's a scripture in the Bible. I'm doing that a lot. <laughs> There's a scripture in the Bible that says, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. The wonderful thing about God being God is that he sees things from a different perspective than we do. He knows our lives from beginning to end. He loves us and knows what's best for us. So I would challenge you to ask him, God, what's your plan for me? Because maybe, just maybe, he has you right where he wants you to be. Because the interesting thing is, even though all this horrible thing, all these horrible things were happening to Jacob, God never left him. So before you start to get angry and discontent about where you are in life, see if God has you right where he wants you. I think once you understand that you'll have peace, security, you'll, you won't have any fear, and you'll be able to focus on what God has you to do with a clear head and a content heart. Friends, thank you so much for spending your time here. It really means so much to me. If you have any questions, comments, anything you want to say at all, 
please send me a message or leave a comment on the video post at underscore Peculiar Productions or on the Peculiar Productions Facebook page. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we're reading through the Bible every day in order to finish it in a year. My name is James Chase. Know that I love you, but Jesus loved you first. I'll see you tomorrow.